What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast on this Monday after week six. A lot to talk about. This episode is where we talk about everything that happened on Sunday, everything that is going to affect your fantasy team going into week seven. So we're reviewing everything from week six. We're going to review, uh, preview tonight's Monday Night Football game. Zach, what's up? I'm Faraz Siddiqui, by the way. This is Zach Rizzuto. Zach, how's it going, man? How are you feeling on this Monday? Not as good as other Mondays. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I got my fantasy teams losing. I got my Cowboys losing. Um, could be going better, to say the least. I still have an outside shot at winning tonight, but I, I need a lot of stuff to go right um, for me. Can you week. explain? So so obviously, you know, if you listen to the podcast last week, you know that Zach and I are going against each other in, in one of our leagues. The league is called the only league that matters. And Zach, can you please explain what you need tonight? in order for you to pull off the victory. So it's looking like I'm going to need, what, what is 39, pretty much 40 plus 16, 56-ish combined points. Yeah, just about 56 combined points between Justin Herbert and Cortland Sutton. You know, light work. That's all I need to win. <laughs> light work, light work. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I think I, I think you have a, ch- you have a chance, dude. You yeah, have a yeah. Chance. You're just saying yeah. that in hopes that you can jinx it, I'm sure. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Like, uh, I was looking at this, these matchups, and, um, you know, I, I like Cortland Sutton a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going to get into that. Uh, a little bit of a tough matchup for Justin Herbert, but it's Justin Herbert, right? Like, you never know when he's just going to go off, right? He hasn't and, had and that's that game of, yet, which is what I'm kind of crossing my fingers for, you know? See, that's not what I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear <laughs> that. Because, uh, yeah, no, you're right, though. It's like, you know, part of the reason why, you know, I, I did rank Geno Smith above Justin Herbert. That's not looking good, so good right now. <laughs> you know, Geno Smith not throwing any touchdowns in the in that game. That whole game was just very interesting, but we'll get into yeah. all that. Um, but, but yeah, man, I, you know, listen, I started 0-3 in that league, but I'm making my way to 500. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I have guys banged up, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right. I did remind you, Stevenson, definitely helped me out. Uh, you know, drafting him in a couple leagues definitely helped me out in those. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to help me out again next Monday night. I, I think the Patriots are playing the Broncos. No, not the Broncos. Who are they playing? They're playing some, some not so. The oh, Patriots. the Bears on Monday yeah, the night, Bears. which is which doesn't seem like a fun game to watch. Unless Ramondre Stevens tearing it up, then it'll be fun for me. But otherwise, not really. How did they um, end up with those games in the primetime slots? Like, dude, it makes no sense. Well, you know what. Maybe the NFL thought that Justin Justin Fields was going to be, you know, maybe taking a step forward, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. This maybe lot, they're just getting those, you know, crappy primetime games out of the way. You know how they say, like, every team gets some sort of primetime game. Get the early, get them out of the way early in the season when it doesn't matter. You know, later on, we'll have the consequential games. That might be it. I'm, all, I'm also feeling kind of good about, uh, I'm going to say my Jets now. Like, now that they're 4-2, and yeah. two, <laughs> I'm going to call them my Jets. Um, they look pretty good, man. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny after going zero and two, Robert Sala was like, "Hey man, I'm I'm keeping all the receipts," and it was kind of ballsy of him to kind of come out in the media like that because it could have backfired, and yeah. and and the New York media is ruthless, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. And, and he put it on the line, and now the Jets are four and two, and you know they beat the Packers. Now they're third in the AFC yeah. in record, which is insane. Uh, they're right behind. They're one game behind the Bills in the division. There's no way they can win that. Uh, but you know, it's 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 crazy. You know, yeah. it's I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. You know, this isn't something that I expect the Jets to you know continue doing. But you know, their defense is really 
um, looking solid. And, you know, Quinn and Williams are looking like a beast. You know, Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. you know, this the, the dude is is something else. Like, he's a personality for sure, right? Him after the game wearing the cheese head in, in Lambeau. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, he's an interesting character. But he's been killing it. You know, he's the favorite right now for Defensive Rookie of the Year uh, if you're trying to bet on that. Um, so, so that's, that's awesome. Brees Hall, another side is the favorite for offensive rookie for the, of the year. So the Jets are doing pretty well, uh, with their first couple of, uh, draft picks this year. Gary Wilson, you know, waiting for him to kind of do his thing, but we'll get there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, we want to talk about, you know, the, the overall fantasy takeaways and developments, uh, so you can make the best decisions coming out of week six, going into week seven. I do want to preview tonight's game. We got the Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, Russ has been bad this year, uh, but I think he bounces back against this Chargers secondary. They're giving up 250 passing yards a game. They're giving up two touchdowns a game. You know, we Wilson was a little bit banged up, right, um, mm-hmm. coming out of last week's game. But, you know, he did practice in full. You know, he he was doing okay. Um, so, you know, I, I, think, I think Russell Wilson has a chance to bounce back. I thought he would do okay last week. Uh, but that 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 game was just terrible. Um, hoping that he could bounce back this week. I can't imagine him, you know, two two primetime games in a row, shit in the bed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I do want to look at what's going on over at Underdog for tonight's game. Um, right now, we have Russell Wilson, you know, at 232.5 passing yards. I'm looking at it, uh, you know, I'm sharing my my screen over at, over on YouTube. But, uh, you know, I think he he goes over that, man. I think... He passes for higher than 232.5 passing yards. He did it three times this year, um, including last week, right? Even in a bad in bad game. This this is a plus matchup for him. You know, all his receivers are healthy. I think I'm going to add Wilson here uh, to my higher. So I got one entry. Uh, I got one in there right now in my entry. Um, Melvin Gordon. I like his line of 73 and a half rushing and receiving yards. So that's scrimmage yards. You know, he's a little bit banged up, right? Hoping he can play. If he does suit up, though, I think he can end up going over this number. Um, mm. They've given up the six most rushing yards to running backs. Uh, char- the Chargers have. They've given up the most yards per carry, the 12th most receiving yards to running backs this year. And last week, Gordon ran around on nearly 50% of Wilson's dropbacks. So I can see him getting a couple targets, too, in this game. Um, Preciser, you know, who we're using as our prediction and analytics tool, you know, Gordon's they're projecting Gordon to be at 93 scrimmage yards for tonight. So that 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 gives me a little bit of confidence too. So I'm gonna also add him in here as well. So that makes two so far. Cortland Sutton, the receiving yard pick him here is 67 and a half. Um, he went over, let's see, where's Sutton here? Yes. Oh, 60. It, it went up. It went up 68 yeah. and a half now. Uh <laughs> he he went over that in, in every game this year except one. So, you know, Denver has given up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter. I'm sorry. The Chargers have given up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. And I think Sutton does his thing tonight. You know, so I'm going to add him in here as well. What do you think of the pick so far? Do you think the Melvin Gordon was a little risky? Yeah, if, of all of the Melvin Gordon is one that I'm a little iffy on. It, it could end up being, you know, a heavy passing game. And then maybe Melvin Gordon gets favored in the passing attack. You know, just a couple of dump offs you could get there. But um, I, I actually, you know. We've been saying that these could be high-scoring games with the Broncos, and they haven't been. But I think <laughs> tonight, true. I think tonight is kind of you know where everything lines up. We might have an actual shootout tonight. Hopefully, you know it doesn't look like last week's debacle on Thursday night that had the Broncos. Yeah, no, I I, I hear that, man. Um, 
so so let's see so now if if okay so so what do we have we have gordon here we have sutton here now if i just left it like this um you know this these three entry these three pickums in this entry would end up 6xing whatever i put in right so like $50 would turn into $300 here right but let's keep going um i'm looking at jerry judy's line here at 53 and a half receiving yards i think i'm going to stay away from this one personally like he's been up and down this year he, he literally had exactly 53 rushing yards i'm sorry receiving yards each of the last two weeks um so we got kj hamler eric sarber let's move on to the chargers this is a tough matchup like i said for the chargers passing game uh denver has allowed the fifth least passing yards per game at 204 passing yards per game but it's hard for me to bet against justin herbert right like his this over under for him is at 266.5 passing yards I'm going to leave it alone. Personally, if you want to add it into yours, you can. Uh, you can also choose an over-under of two passing touchdowns. You can choose an over-under of you know, 0.5 interceptions, whether he throws a pick tonight or not. Um, 35 and a half passing attempts, over-under on that. I'm going to leave all these alone, personally. Um, is there anything that stands out to you? I, I like the Justin Herbert over on the yardage. If, if you do, you know, you're not going to be, if, if you're going to be iffy on it, if you wouldn't take it, I mean, I totally would. You know, I look at it. What's the number? You said 266. He's 266, reached that. Yep. Yeah. Every week except last week, you know, where Austin Ackler was just going off. He's reached that um, relatively safely. You know, the closest he's come to missing it was 279 yards in week one. Um, outside of that, it's been 297 plus yards in the other three games where he went over that uh, prop right there. So even though it is Denver, you know, I think this is a divisional game. And like I said, if there's going to be offense, which I sincerely hope there will be, you know, Justin Herbert's going to make a problem. <laughs> Getting to that point. Okay, okay. I, I like that. So now, you know, this brings up a point. Now, Zach Zach likes it. I'm a little iffy on it. We could potentially add him in and then turn on insurance, right? If you turn right. on insurance, you know, you end up, you know, reducing the payout just a little bit, but you have the ability to get one of these wrong. So if Justin Herbert ends up going lower, I can still win. You know, I can still get my 6X in instead of my 10X that I would get with these four picks. Right. Um, so $50 would turn into $500 without insurance here. And the four picks would turn into $300 if I just turn on insurance, you know, with one wrong, which isn't bad. <laughs> it's still a yeah. pretty good return. That's still a 6x return right now, right there. Um, I, I like Austin Eckler's as well, man. Um, you know, Denver has actually given up almost 100 yard, rushing yards to running backs on the ground uh, on average. Um, they've given up the second most yards per carry to running backs, too. And, you know, since we know that he's kind of prolific in the receiving game, just a little bit, I, I kind of like the higher on his scrimmage yards of 102.5. Um, you know, and he's gone over that, obviously, over the past couple of weeks. So I think I'm going to add that to this entry as well. Um, so so there's a lot of hires here. Yeah. But, you know, this 50 bucks, if I get all of these right, would turn into $1,000. It would be a 20x return. If I turn on insurance here, which allows me to get one of these wrong, it'll turn into $500. Um, so not bad. Um, so looking over at the Mike Williams one, 70 and a half receiving yards as the, is the over under. He's been getting it done over the past couple of weeks, but this is a little bit of a tough matchup, right? I might leave this one alone, um, you know, because we've seen him go up and down. This could be one of those down weeks just because of the tough matchup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone. So, yeah, like, you know, these are the ones that I, I would probably go with here. Maybe, you know, if, if I'm feeling risky, I might not turn on insurance. But I, I, yeah. if I want to try to, you know, do my best to secure a bag tonight, 
I might just t- turn it on and I can still win some money. Um, so yeah, now if you use the code upper hand on underdog fantasy, you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And if you like any of these other pickums, I-, I suggest you go for it. Um, these are the ones that I like and one of them that Zach, Zach likes for tonight. Yeah. Uh, but like I mentioned, there are plenty to choose from. So you can use the code upper hand on underdog. You can find the link in the description of the podcast or on YouTube. Um, so yeah. Just wanted to kind of talk about that real quick yeah. before we get into the preview. I'm sorry, the reviews, uh, the review of Sunday. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, Marquise Brown, dude. Marquise Brown, you know, he was helped off the field uh, with either a foot sprain or an ankle sprain. You know, these are the two possible injuries that, you know, these injury experts are labeling this as. He did have negative x-rays, uh, but it seems like the MRI will likely reveal something we don't necessarily want to hear. Um, you yeah. know, I think him being helped off the field like he was, like, can't be great. Like, he could he could hardly put pressure on that foot, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't good. And, you know, I, I, I would – I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what, what happened here. But I'd expect to be without Hollywood for a little bit. Um, we'll obviously get more details on the injury hopefully today. Um, but yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's set to be back this Thursday. Cliff Kingsbury says that, you know, m- hopefully he'll be able to play. But I would assume, and apparently he's in phenomenal shape. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to play, <laughs> especially with Hollywood out. Um, so if if Marquise Brown is out for you, I think you have more targets available for a guy like Rondo Moore. Uh, yeah. so I think he would benefit in terms of getting more targets while Hollywood is out. I know we were talking about this last week, you know, when Hopkins does come back, you know, these targets are going to be, have to have to be split between, you know, Hopkins, Hollywood, Ertz, Rondell Moore. So Moore could have got the shit end of the stick here. Uh, but now that Hollywood might be out for a little bit, we don't know how long Yeah, he could, he could benefit, uh, with some extra targets. And we actually saw a little bit of that extra targets, you know, of the extra targets going Rondell Moore's way yesterday. You know, if if you watch the game a little bit, you know it seems like Rondell Moore was all Rondell Moore was always getting the ball thrown his way. He finished with a respectable stat line. You know, what was it? Almost eleven points, ten point nine. I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Six catches, forty nine yards. Like that's fine, I think, for right now with Marquise Brown out. You know, Rondell Moore, I think, has a chance to kind of slide right into a Marquise Brown role, um, or at least the role Marquise Brown would have played when DeAndre Hopkins was coming back. You know, obviously, um, you're feeling a little sour. We talked about Marquise Brown maybe being a buy. Uh, last week on the pod so um you know you can't really project injuries and that sucks so that, that that's a little bit tough but um I, I like deandre hopkins coming back i think that he's going to be in a good spot uh moving forward the fantasy gods giveth deandre hopkins they taketh away marquise brown <laughs> so we'll see how um that goes I, I i like both deandre hopkins and rondell Moore moving forward it's too bad we're not going to see the full complement um of the Cardinals pass catchers on the field with Kyler Murray, especially with the offense looking the way it has. You know, they haven't been very dynamic and it seems like at times Kyler Murray's struggling. Um, having all those weapons would have helped, but um, it might it might be a few weeks. Uh, hopefully this isn't anything serious, but I think you're right on the money when you say that, you know, Marquise Brown, we might be looking at a couple of weeks without him. Yeah, uh, you know, Rondell Moore, like you said, like 26% target share, uh, same, same as Marquise Brown, same as Zach Ertz. So, you know, w- without... Hollywood in the lineup, I would assume that he sees, you know, higher than a 20% target share. His targets won't be as downfield as Marquise Brown was, Brown's were, but this is a very basic type of offense. And, you know, he he's, you know, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, he's going to get a lot of his targets in short change immediate. That's okay. As long as you play in a PPR league, he would be preferred. Yeah. Now, this whole game, the Seahawks Cardinals game was not the highest scoring game that was advertised, right? Yeah. The Cardinals are terrible, dude. 
Cliff Kingsbury is just like, he just gets on my nerves now. Like he's like, I was all, all, all over Pete Carroll before, you know, but Pete Carroll wasn't like the, the designer of the offense in this case, like Cliff Kingsbury is like the designer of the offense. And like, he, ha- he has to do something. He has to go. Like It's bad. Yeah. And I don't, I personally don't put the blame on Calamari. You know, he, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked great, but I, I don't put this on him. Like the offense is designed like in such a basic way that it's easy for defenses to kind of know what they're going to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but the, lo- looking at their backfield, you know, Benjamin, he was on the field for 87% of snaps. He got 17 opportunities. Uh, it only amounted to nine and a half fantasy points. Um, but if James Conner ends up being out again this Thursday, I'd start Eno again as an RB2. I wouldn't get discouraged with the lack of fantasy points because the usage is what you want to see. It just yeah. didn't turn into fantasy points this week. Um, he got all the goal line work too. So he'll likely be a high-end RB2 start for me, honestly, once again on Thursday night um, You know, if Conner misses again against the Saints. And, you know, that's a weird thing because you say, like, this type of workload – and going into this matchup, we thought if you know Benjamin got this kind of workload, he'd really be a really nice piece for your team um, this week. But it, it, you're like you said, he got the workload; it didn't translate to fantasy points. But I don't really hold it against him, like you said, because that usage is there. The game overall was like super weird. We thought this was going to be like one of the highest scoring games, one of the most offensive centric games, fantasy conducive, and nobody produced in that game outside of really Kenneth Walker. Um, everybody else underperformed. I'm not worried about, you know, Benjamin, you know, as long as James Conner is out. If James Conner comes back, then, yeah, I, I would, you know, think about maybe not having, you know, Benjamin in my lineup. But uh, are the Cardinals on a short week? Are they, they're playing yeah. Thursday? Yeah, so Thursday, there's yeah. probably a good chance that James Conner will miss Thursday. They'll give him the full time to rest until they play in week eight. Or do they have a bye? I'm not sure. It'll be a long rest for James Conner. He'll likely be back, if not this week, the next week. Um but, you know, Benjamin could be a nice play for you on Thursday night. Definitely. I think so. Uh, it's the Saints, but I would still play him. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't overthink it on this one. He 87% yeah. snap share. That doesn't that usually leads to fantasy points. Right. But Kenneth Walker, man, does he look like the real deal or what? Yeah. Like, he, he looks look, good, man. He looks like Rashad Penny on steroids. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. <laughs> not not that not size-wise, but the way that he runs, you know, it's just awesome. And even I – mean, he had a couple – uh, negative runs if you watch the game like he had a couple of bad runs and he still showed out with a nice um you know fancy finish he had two i think it was two burst plays that really he just went down the field the big playability we saw it right there he actually got a little passing work too which is nice um clearly they handed the keys to kenneth walker i was wondering maybe if they'd have any of the complimentary backs and they didn't so it's all signs are pointing up for kenneth walker and like we said he was going to be a league winner. It looks like that's the way it's going to be moving forward. And, and this is this is what I've been saying, right? Like in yeah. his first NFL start, he's showing these skills off, and he does look like he is a special talent as a runner. Yeah. Right, twenty-one carries, ninety-seven yards, and a touchdown. It could have been more. Sixty-nine uh, percent, you know, of snaps in a positive game script. Twenty-four opportunities. He, he has eight catches this year, which is only five. And if if he only gets five more catches on the year, it'll be more than what he had in his entire like 2021 season at Michigan yeah. State. Um, but if you drafted Kenneth Walker and you and you held him or you picked him up off of waivers, it looks like you got yourself a league winning running back. Yeah, 100 percent You look at Kenneth Walker, and the one thing that I know you noted, and I'm not sure I saw it in your notes, was that 
and I agreed, was the balance that he has, you know, bouncing off tacklers and that kind of thing. That oh, yeah. was the thing that really stood out to me. You know, he has the speed. You could say any running back has the speed and that kind of thing. But the way he's able to bounce off tacklers and just stay upright, you know, that's huge. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, what Damian Pierce is doing, you know, with the broken tackles, that kind of thing. Both of them have yep. very good balance. But Kenneth Walker, like you said, he looks like the real deal. That balance is what stood out to me, too. Contact balance, that stop and go. Like the stop and go is legit and, and his change of direction too. He, he, he showed all of those skills in this game yesterday. And yeah. I was just so happy to see it because when I saw his tape, in Michigan state, I'm just like, yo, this dude can be so good. I, I hope it translates. And it seems like he seems like he's, he just like took his first start and he's like, all right, that's it, man. I'm going to kill it now. You know, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up uh, being the best overall runner uh, out of this draft class. And that's including, including Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, so so super encouraging to see that. Outside of Walker, though, it was a down fantasy day for Geno Smith in the passing offense. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they weren't able to come through. You know, these days are going to happen, right? Like we can't expect them to just light it up every single week. Uh, but, you know, obviously keep starting those guys. Keep starting Geno. Um, you know, he didn't throw a pick. He didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those situations where, the game that we were all expecting to go crazy just didn't end up going crazy, but continue to start your Seahawks.